Hi, I'm Mukti and this is my blog podcast. The title of my blog is Have Heart, Will Ache. Has a heartache ever left you numb? It's like someone hit you on the head. The very first bodily reaction was a shrill sound. It seemed to engulf all of your other senses. You don't feel a thing, sorrow or happiness for a very long time. One of the worst things in the whole world is knowing that your heartache was so absolutely useless. The feeling that you were fooled, used, trampled upon. When you shed countless tears or spent sleepless nights crying. When James Bay became your bay for weeks on end. Or when you wrote sweet little poems. When you longed and cared for someone who didn't care at all. Oh well. You are just a collateral damage in someone's life's grand plan. Ouch, that feeling. It reduces you into an atom so minuscule and so humiliating. Meanwhile, the world moves on. That annoying neighbor whose water tank still overflows for hours before you finally go into his house to shut it. Those angry birds shit on your car every single day. Always a snoring uncle who spoils your window seat experience in a flight the pothole at the exit exit of your neighborhood the pile of dirty dishes every night that school time rival who returns after a decade only in order to trump you with oh you're still single i've been there several times and i would desperately like to think that i came out of each heartache wiser than before god please please let this be true i pray This is yet another blog I've been sitting over for almost 3 months now. But as always I mustered up to post it. If you're going through a season of pain, I hope my experience and some insights help you sail through it. I was 24 working as a features writer with the Times of India. Those days my dad being a theologian was invited in churches on special occasions. My brother Abhishek and I accompanied him often to sing songs after his sermon. It was during one such trip that I met this guy, seemingly perfect life goals type. He led the choir in the church, played guitar, conducted a youth group's Bible study, wrote songs in God's honor, and was an administrative head in a school. When I first heard him pray in church, I was certain I'd found the one. During the end of the trip, though, I realized the attraction was not mutual. He didn't make any move. Life still looked good, quite bright. I was enjoying my work, practical enough to handle a mild rejection. Back to my hometown, hometown, happy as ever. Ah, not for long. So once I called that same guy's elder brother, whom my brother Abhishek and I had befriended, we were all very musically inclined and often shared resources. The call was related to that, but instead of his brother, he picked up the phone. and promptly introduced himself. He told me frankly how much he'd wanted to talk to me after the trip but didn't have my number. I happily gave mine. We texted daily, sharing Bible verses or spiritual dilemmas or things about songs, poetry, books, singers, music genres and what not. On one occasion when he learned I was ill, he did something very sweet. He put his phone on speaker, got out his guitar, and sang this amazing romantic number for me. I began to define what love could be and should be. In the next few days, however, 
The sky looked hazy. He would call me at odd hours and sounded very confused. And even if he liked, I liked him then, I didn't really like hiding it from my parents about those late night phone calls. I told him he needed to call me during the day. He continued to call me regularly though, complimenting me for no reason, talking about random things, or other times just being so silent over phone. The mystery unfolded pretty quickly after that. His brother had gauged what was going on. So he called me one day, informing me that the guy had a long-time girlfriend and they were, go- they were due to get married in November that year. This was August. It was further confirmed by a few other friends. Apparently, everyone except me knew it. I never called him again. I stopped responding to his texts and eventually blocked his number. He wasn't even worthy of my anger, my vents, or my words of discouragement. His brother probably warned him about me, so he never tried to contact me by other means also. I did get a wedding invitation card in November though, promptly delivered to my address. Amazing, isn't it? For the longest time after that, I had trust issues with boys in general. Before this, I used to admire musicians greatly. But then, I began to maintain distance from the ones I already knew. Thankfully, a handful of musicians, including my brother, compelled me to change my stance. I learned to not generalize people as much as I could. But I also learned to not put people on a pedestal just because they were talented. I remember since I was a teen, disappointments or betrayals like these have had the power to affect me deeply. They left me scarred and wounded, heart and soul. Those days, I would run to dad. He would pet my hair and say, my brave child. And even while embracing me in his arms, he would reprimand me. You think I could leave you? I'm always here. You know that, right? Over the years, I've learned to hide my heartaches from dad. Over the years, I've learned to confine my heartaches to my room. But where and how shall I hide it from God? King David writes, Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my beds in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. I stumbled upon this beautiful confession called The Year My World Fell Apart by Pastor Bob Coughlin. Pastor Bob was 39, happily married, and father of two when he had felt like an utter failure. He wrote, Feelings tell me something is happening in my soul, but they don't necessarily tell me why I feel or don't feel a certain way. Man, he nailed it. He added something more profound, actually. Our problem isn't that we have no hope. We just hope in things that aren't God. Our own abilities, a preferred outcome, our reputation, financial security, you fill in the blank. And when the idols we've hoped in don't deliver as promised, we panic, we despair, we lash out, we go numb. Instead of generalizing people based on one bad experience, my fellow single, you can choose to look inside of yourself. I did. This time. Thanks to Pastor Coughlin's amazing confession, this time I actively looked for the idols of heart, 
those that didn't deliver yes i did put my faith in a feeling in a person or in the promise of a future and there was no way any of this could deliver to my expectations they are all products of this failing imperfect world the ultimate truths will hurt but isn't it better to face those truths than live in lies unlike last unlike last time i waited actively for the good old excruciating pain to hit me i was prepared to cry uncontrollably in the nights or drift into numbness while working and new memories would haunt me unexpectedly at any given hour and social media would only make it all worse no anti climax there and boy it hurt it hurt like mad it still does and will for some time i also told god frankly that i didn't want to miss his lessons this time but for his lessons to come i must bear the pain my pain revealed a myriad of things about me it revealed how much i felt how much i was invested in it it showed my need to be vulnerable it also showed how selfish i could be about my dreams all this must hurt me because it would come because from it would come the healing my fellow reader my fellow single still please do pursue forgiveness i know i know that seems impossible at the moment but do consider it at the same time know this even after forgiving it's going to hurt let your heart bleed if it must but pursue forgiveness with all your heart the pain helped me see how dark my heart could be ugly and selfish when i was hurting i became this person who wanted some divine vengeance from god for the person who hurt me when i got face to face with this side of my heart i felt terrible the heartache looked smaller than this specific problem it got me to my knees again and i found myself praying for a transformation of heart i'm still still struggling with this one but i haven't given up i believe god treats every person within his or her context according to his or her desires you probably need to believe in this divine scheme of justice too don't let your heartache make you cold no person heartache or hurt is worth cultivating bitterness i urge you to keep an open mind fight for it because this will help you heal truly and absolutely bitterness kills your own character it hampers your growth as a person i'm learning to treat each bad experience individually and contextually so once i'm clear in my mind about where i went wrong i don't delay corrections if i need to confront myself i do if i need to confront the other person i do that too for me a clear no isn't half as hurting and harmful as a maybe let your yes be yes and your no be no lest you fall into judgment says the bible I don't like to be somebody's backup plan or in the meantime who does so I've immediately set boundaries if I have to it simply means I've had enough I have forgiven and I have been forgiven now it's time to look forward when you're hurting it's hard to resist the feeling of going back to the person who rejected you or the situation that left you scarred don't if it was meant to be it should not have hurt you so much choose the current painful truth over what could have been so during this phase of sadness i recalled how soothing the company of friends had been 
Good friends had knocked a lot of sense into my brain when I needed some. Yet this time I wanted to practice what late late uh, Reverend Billy Graham had advised. Are you discouraged today? Go and encourage someone. I actually found empathy in doing that. I took a female friend, 10 years my junior, to a coffee date and listened about her heartache. I offered some advice, but mostly I just sat and sympathized. I took another friend out to just tell her how much I appreciated her presence and how special she was. If you're thinking this was a way of distracting my mind, you're wrong. Since I could empathize with their pain, the memories just rushed in again. On one occasion, I drove home crying hard. Yet I continued listening and helping. And I'm going to continue to encourage the heartbroken simply because I know exactly how brokenness feels. People change, don't you? Other people make mistakes just as you do. They aren't perfect just as you are not. Other people deserve forgiveness as you do. I'm still there in an all too familiar ocean of sorrow. The only difference is now I don't feel like I'm drowning. I'm learning to swim in it. I have faced these truths over the years. Such as even though someone made me believe he liked me at first, he could eventually change his mind. I need to forgive this imperfect human. The person I consider my friend may not have been at the same level of friendship as I was with her. I need to be happy with what I felt. I reacted to circumstances in the past. I responded proactively to an impression and I can do nothing to change it. But I can definitely control what I do next. The person who hurt me is a human too, prone to make mistakes. He deserves forgiveness as much as I do. Truths have a context. In someone else's life story, I could be the villain. Um I've said this before in a blog, haven't I? Do the answers ever come though? Some of mine did. 10 years later, that same guy found me on Facebook. My screen blinked late one night. A message on Facebook Messenger read, "Can I call you? I still have feelings for you." I could not believe the audacity of this person. I checked his Facebook Facebook profile, his photos with his wife and child. I promptly blocked him. Again. That past heartache now felt nothing compared to the horrifying prospect of spending my life with a man like that. I marveled at God's wisdom. I'm now on a quest to get wiser and more discreet with each passing pain. Yep, it will pass. But will I continue to wear my heart on the sleeve? Yes, of course, because it makes me me. Will I let God take the driving seat? Always. I will still surrender my feelings to him alone. Will I continue to feel at all? Hell yeah. Why not? Will I let patience do its work? I will try. Will I get answers to all my questions one day? Heartaches have taught me humility. Thank God, they haven't been able to diminish my zest for life. Not yet. Until then, I'm choosing hope. Will you too?